You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Brought to you by Canada Post. Thanks everyone for joining us on another week of Marketing Jam. Uh, of course, huge thank you to Canada Post for being amazing supporters of the show. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet to Insight Magazine, uh, I love it. Uh, today's guest loves it. Um, again, how often do you get a physical, tangible, touch, feel, smell magazine delivered to your office? And again, full of insights, full of ideas. I personally jump right to the case studies. I then am always so curious about what the texture on the cover is going to be because they do something new every time. And this one, uh, for those of you who are into doing crafts, actually turns the magazine cover into a smartphone speaker, which is pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, good for them. Good for them. Well, without further ado, Sonia, thank you for being on the show today. Well, thanks for having me today. Yeah. So tell me about the organization that you represent. Uh, there is an acronym and there's a full name for it. Tell us what those are. Yeah. So IAB Canada is stands for Interactive Advertising Bureau of Canada. Okay. Has been around since uh, 1997. So since wow. the whole shebang started. Yeah. And uh, and it's changed. Right. So you know back then uh, there was a need to have an organization that would be the cheerleader for digital advertising. People, you know, were unsure of it. They, uh, you know, the sophistication wasn't there yet. Um, it was uncharted territory. There, there were no standard ad units, that type of thing. So, uh, so the IAB did a lot of heavy lifting on getting people online, showing them what the opportunities were, and also creating sort of a frictionless environment where people could trade on ad units that, uh, you know, were standardized so that you didn't have to build 17 billion different iterations for, uh, for wherever you wanted to advertise. That's amazing. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. so does, does this organization exist for say like TV and radio and print? Yeah. So it's a, it's a standard, it's a, it's a, it's a trade organization for sure. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so for TV, you'd have like think TV, uh, for out of home, you'd have comb, um, you know, so, and then there's a newspaper association. So there's the, these are all organizations that support their various media. Wow. That is amazing. And, and so for organizations like Google and Facebook and all those other ad platforms that are there, Bing, let's not forget about Bing. Uh, <laughs> what is your role and kind of what's your relationship with say those three, uh, companies as mentioned? Yeah, so uh, IAB currently we have around uh, 250 members, and uh, you know certainly the brands that you've mentioned, uh, but uh, we represent on the whole around 80% of the online advertising industry in Canada, um, and uh, in terms of revenue, and uh, our relationship. I mean, you know, the things that we provide to the industry now, and you know, whereas in you know back in '97 and early two thousands, uh, we were very much a, a cheerleader. Uh, at the moment, you know, the job is very much about uh, policy. It's about the you know the changing uh, you know environment uh, from a regulatory standpoint internationally. So we've seen sort of the the, the borders slip away. Uh, a lot of the organizations that we represent also are in that same boat where they are global organizations and they need to have standards that are, you know, interoperable, that translate well across various markets, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we do a lot of policy work. Uh, we do. So we advocate uh, with the, the government of Canada. 
We do a lot of uh, technical work. So uh, as an example, one of the recent projects, my you know one of my favorite pet projects um, is the support of the domestic publishers. Mm-hmm. So the Canadian domestic publishers have taken a real hit over the over the past years. Um, you know, especially just recently during COVID-19, where we saw a 47% increase in people relying on the news, right? So impression levels soaring, um, but at the same time, brands kind of, you know, shying away from advertising against anything that was hard to watch, hard to read, um, you know, and, uh, and so as a result, you know, that huge surge in audience went unmonetized. Mm-hmm. Um, so IAB is working really hard right now to support the domestic publishers by creating technical uh, capabilities and, and again, reducing some of that friction to do trade uh, with domestic publishers in a safe environment. It's amazing. So what would that look like for like Glacier or Post Media type of thing or, or like the Globe and Mail? Yeah. So, so these are, you know, these are exactly who we're servicing right now. And, um, you know, one of the projects that we worked on uh, was the uh, creation of an allow list. So this was uh, basically a database of all of the domestic media news sites. Mm -hmm. So in every single market, right? So from Aurelia to, uh, to Calgary to, you know, every single market in, in Canada, um, creating a comprehensive list of all of these domains and, uh, you know, along with other details around them, like how you can buy them, who the, who reps them and all that sort of stuff. And then putting that into a centralized, technically sort of, you know, accessible and trusted environment so that, Yeah, so that ad tech providers can access it and marketers can advertise against it. So, you know, as an example, right now we're in an election cycle in the U.S. uh, People may shy away from advertising against the news and therefore throw away the baby with the bathwater, right? Mm -hmm. So that means that, you know, most advertisers are trying to stay away from uh, any sort of a, you know, uh, you know, a challenging kind of news environment or anything that is, uh, you know, polarizing. Um, and right now, the Canadian press needs to be protected against that, right? So, uh, so this allows people to, if they want to block news as a category, they still have an option to allow and flip on the switch for Canadian news sources so that you're still supporting your local news and your your domestic media so bring it down to like kind of a um you know in the weeds level so i uh, my aunt has a cat sweater company and she wants to advertise across canada and so she can go to this website and say hey i want to advertise on all these canadian news websites because it's a great place to advertise i don't want to just advertise on facebook and google but i'll go to this website that you've created and say i'm going to bid twenty thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars and then Will you guys place it or is it just kind of like you're the eHarmony and connect people on that site? Well, if your aunt has $200,000 to spend in online media, then yes. she's probably, she's, it's probably a dog sweater company. So, um, so I guess, you know, what we're, you know, getting into the weeds. Okay. There's, you, t- you touch a really interesting subject here because while we're doing this, there's yeah. also a, like a, a concurrent effort to create these self-serve platforms. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, whereas most of the small to medium-sized businesses at the moment can only go on to some of the global platforms because it's so easy, right? So they log in, create an account, put their credit card in there, and then they advertise, um, you know, their, their dog sweaters. 
And, uh, and, this, and this is what you're talking about with Facebook and Google, because it's just right. so easy to advertise there. Yeah, yeah exactly. so easy. Exactly. And so now there's been some really great innovation coming into the market where you see um, things like the Maple Network um, that is creating these self-serve platforms for domestic publishers. So the small to medium-sized businesses are going to be able to have access and they're going to be able to say, yeah, I do want to advertise only in these specific areas. And mm -hmm. I want to advertise in Canadian press to support our Canadian publishers. Wow. Um, so yeah, so so that's like that's one thing that is um, that we're really excited about. And the other thing is that there was a, a concerted effort out of Quebec uh, mm -hmm. recently that was called uh, No Media Loco, and that mm -hmm. was a, a consortium that was created, um, you know, by M32 and partners um, to create a database uh, for Quebec media sources, so Amazing. that. Yeah, so it was like a directory product, and um, and what they've done is they have now uh, bequeathed, if you will, that yeah. product to IAB, so that which, we're which taking is incredible. Over. Yeah, and so are you guys in charge of the Maple Network as well? Is that your baby? Did no, you guys that's that? not our baby. So oh, that's okay. that's a that's a consortium of the publishers, the domestic publishers. Okay. That will most likely. So this is where it all sort of comes together that will uh, they'll benefit from the work that we're doing behind the scenes on the tech side. So as we start oh, to develop okay. more databases and more places for people to, to you know, identify themselves as Canadian, um, they're going to be able to access that inventory into that network, into the Maple Network. Okay. So, but in the meantime, if I'm a brand and I'm like, man, I don't want to just do the big three, right? I don't want to just support Bing, Google, and Facebook. I can go to Maple Network and start spending my money on Canadian news publications versus going to my kind of one-off Black Press, Glacier Press rep and yep. buying kind of one-off publications. Maple does it all. Yeah, you could, well, they don't do it all because they don't have all of the publications yet, okay, but they're okay. working on it. And so, so you can use the Maple Network, but also if you're working with an agency, yep. then you talk to the agency about the fact that you might want to block uh, the news category, but you want to enable or green light uh, the Canadian domestic news list from the IAB Tech Lab. And this is uh, when it comes to display ads and remarketing ads, correct? That's right. That's okay. right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. And, and so as far as um, kind of display networks, there's there's lots of options these days, right? And there's so many buying desks that it, and it can get very confusing. And, um, you know, and, and Glacier even offers that or Post Media offers a buying display network. Um mm -hmm. We, for some reason, have always just gone with Google's display network, kind of one of the OGs in the display network world of, of things. Uh, what's your role with the display networks in Canada? Is it also trying to hold them accountable to kind of reporting and compliance and kind of transparency? Yeah, I mean, really what we do is we uh, we work on, you know, several levels, right? Like, so, you know, an example of how we help the display network Yeah. Um, from a, let's look at a policy as an example, the elections in 2019, when, um, we had the Canadian election cycle, uh, there was an amendment to the, uh, Canada elections act, which was, um, suddenly any sort of an issue advertisement yeah. that had to do with a political party's yeah. platform, uh, became, uh, categorized as a political act. Yeah. So you can imagine, um, you know, the impact of that. So uh, just to sort of like, you know, explain that a little bit more, 
uh, if you were a non-for-profit yeah. who was talking about the environment yeah. and the environment is squarely on a campaign platform, suddenly that ad would have to be registered yeah. as a political advertisement yeah. and identified and treated as such. And so um, so what we did was, um, you know, there was a couple of things that happened there. So Google was one of the first, but mm -hmm. then there was a long line after them that announced that they would no longer uh, support uh, political advertising yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And in order for them to make that true, they needed to be able to, before it hits their network, mm -hmm. identify whether or not it was an issue ad. Yeah. So what, what IAB did was we partnered with the Canadian press nice. and came up with an AI solution that would allow uh, us to, like in real time, identify what the campaign issues were going to be. Then we created a list of sort of keywords and taxonomies around um, where what areas would be affected and then uh, allowed people to subscribe to that list so that they knew not to advertise against those words because their ads would get taken down um, or they just simply wouldn't go through the networks. Um, That's so that, amazing. Yeah, it's just a, it's one of those things that doesn't get a lot of publicity, but it's, no. the, it's the stuff behind the scenes that actually keeps the lights on. <laughs> Or, or our, we've done political ads a few times now over the years. And this last year, in order to run a political ad, I had to register my Facebook ad account and send in like my passport and like a blood sample and a hair sample and uh, for Facebook, <laughs> not, not that stuff. But Facebook, it took it really intensely about like, if you're going to run a political ad, we don't know that you're really a Canadian citizen and you got to prove it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like, so, so there's, I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the areas, but then we do a lot of other work, right. Around, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, we do a lot of education and, you know, the, the sort of the table stakes around, uh, around promoting, uh, the use of online advertising. Uh, and then we do, uh, we do a lot of work around privacy. And now that the cookies are going away, we're yeah. doing a lot of work on that front. No more cookies. What are we going to do without cookies? What are we going to do? I mean, honestly, the cookie monster is freaking out. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of work that's being done on that and yeah. that, that stuff is international, right? So no, again, we, we wow. broached the, the subject of like, okay, well, we're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we have to figure this out in lockstep with all of the other markets and, yeah. you know, a solution in Canada just doesn't work in isolation. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, similar to other issues like fraud, right? Yeah. Like coming up with a fraud solution that only works in Canada, it seems a little obtuse. Right. When you know that, you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a borderless environment. Yeah. So speaking of cookies, Starbucks had this really great cookie where they alerted me that they had cookies and I said, okay, yes, I'm okay. You have cookies. And then an ad popped up says, would you like a real cookie? And it says, order it now. It's the brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Such a great, such a great campaign actually. Yeah. Really so, smart. Across Canada, all these uh, marketers are listening right now and, and, um, marketing directors and business owners and folks that are, you know, working agency side, brand side, are they kind of people you want to become members? Because you only have 250 members, which doesn't seem like a lot for uh, such a world that's so huge. Well, we're getting more every day. And, okay, okay. And one trend that we're seeing is we're seeing a lot more direct-to-consumer brands coming in. Okay, so, amazing. Uh, yeah, so over the past few years, I think it was like 2017 that IAB started tracking um, – the top 200 direct-to-consumer brands in North America. And yeah. uh, we did that with Dun & Bradstreet out of the US. And uh, and so, it, you know, this is, this is a sector that is so fascinating 
to us and obviously super important because of the fact that the direct-to-consumer brands are the ones who have really nailed first-party data um and and you know as we work to reimagine the cookie-less world those um you know they're the ones who are going to be calling the shots on a lot of this sort of reimagination because it's going to be their data that needs to get mobilized into this reimagined ecosystem Right. So if you can't rely on third party cookies anymore and you're an advertiser and you have this store of email addresses or of other identifiers and you've got your um, your data management platforms that have all sorts of other attributes and segmentation attached to them, you're going to want to leverage that first party data into the ecosystem in a way that, you know, is sustainable, that is, you know, compliant with uh, international privacy regulation and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so we've seen definitely an increase in the in the amounts of uh, direct to consumer brands joining the IAB. Um, HelloFresh, we've got Well.ca, Majuri, yeah. like so, um, so That's lots awesome. of really great brands. Yeah. And, and why should marketers join? Give me like your elevator. We're in an elevator together. We have our masks on. We're we're safely distanced. <laughs> But, but why should I join uh, as a marketer? Well, I think that you should join as a marketer to get ahead of what's actually happening, um, you know, so that you're not sort of, you know, behind the curve on uh, on some of the issues that are that are going to impact your business pretty significantly in the coming yeah. years. Um, you know, we see things like, um, you know, the GDPR hit our radar in early 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we were up in arms about it. IAB Canada was up in yeah. arms about this because we knew that this was going to impact us at some point. So we had like webinars. We like, you know, we did everything. We had like even the like the floaty, you know, the car guy. Yeah. Right. Like so. So and and we got five people to dial in like wow. on on the on the first calls about the GDPR and how this would impact you. You know, fast forward to like the day before GDPR actually takes effect in May 2018, hundreds, hundreds of people are dialing in and they're like, wait, what? What's happening? Like, do we like, does this affect us in any way? So, so I think that there's a, there's, there's a couple of things. One is we know that marketers are really busy. Yes. And that they can't keep track of every single issue that Mm -hmm. is, that is out there. Um, but the, the message that we have for them is, you know, a, we're not going to, we're not going to, um, you know, spam you with information that's, that's irrelevant. That's a, and B is that we promise to get you ahead of some of these issues to prevent some of the fallout that could possibly happen. Right. So, um, so so maybe to put the question, if I don't become a member, do I not get this information from you guys? Well, you're going to get it through people who are, you know, like through probably secondary, tertiary parties that are not as on the ground yeah. on actually cracking the problems, right? Like, yeah. so, so you, you know, you, and this is evidenced, you know, time and time again, where we're talking about direct to consumer brands three years ago. And then you hear other, you know, trade bodies saying, oh, by the way, you know, direct to consumer brands are now a thing. And it's like, okay. Uh, we tend to be ahead of this because of the yeah. fact that there's so much attached to data yeah. and and technology, right? Like so, so we look at we look for trends yeah. that are going to impact the ecosystem way ahead of the curve, um, 
whereas uh, a lot of the other uh, organizations are, are focused on content, yes. right? Which is also obviously really yes. important, messaging, yeah. branding, all that sort of stuff, um, best practices and, uh, yeah. and, and that type of thing. Um, so, so for us, it's more about being in the, in the weeds and then being able to, to sort of like package that up and, and inform you in a way that's important and relevant. So th this, this show goes live, people are listening, uh, member 251 joins, uh, yeah. she's getting member-exclusive emails, member-exclusive uh, webinars, member-only member experiences and knowledge that no one else is going to get. Yeah, so, so, so that, so, um, you know, I'll give And they're supporting yeah. an organization that's helping others. That's, yeah, that's for helping sure. Industry. Well, yeah, hundred percent. On, on top of that, yeah. Yeah, and like I think another another just a, a, a case in point was, um, you know, it was a it was a sunny July afternoon yeah. when my phone started ringing and people were like, "What are we going to do about Facebook?" Yeah. Right. Oh, and yeah. so we had like all of our members calling and saying, "Should we boycott? Shouldn't we?" Like yeah. the agencies, like we have a yeah. lot of agencies, and um, and so our go to was not to come up with some sort of a like a. a I don't know, like a like a decision. We're we're not we're not uh, in support of any boycotts of any kind. So Facebook is your member as well, correct? Well, Facebook is our member, but but not only that, but our mandate is 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 it goes against squarely against our mandate. So, um, but what we did do was because of the fact that we have. Um, really, you know, uh, sort of on the ground connections, um, we very quickly created a roundtable for all of our marketing um, members and uh, shared it with also some other trade organizations, uh, a roundtable discussion with the Facebook policy team from yes. Washington yeah. to inform them about, you know, what was happening, what was actually like taking place so that they could make an informed decision about whether or not they were going to move forward with their boycott, you know, and like, you know, that, that we, that was the thing where we had, I think a 24 hour notice mm -hmm. and we got 260 people dialing in, wow. you know, and one of them recorded it and then it went to CNN and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, wow. a, yeah, it was crazy. But like, you know, it's those kinds of things where, um, you know, it's access to the right conversations and also the right information that is going to help you make good decisions. So when we talk about interactive advertising, uh, the list would be is like Facebook, Google, uh, display networks. Um, would email marketing be in, in that or is that not really advertising? That's sure, sure. Email marketing would be part of it. I, I think that the more exciting areas that, you know, we've been covering a lot in the, over the recent you know months has been, you know, the connected television. So, um, you know, the idea of OTT and that type of thing. Next week, we're doing a, a two-day event about audio um, and audio. And, and just to, to jump back to OTT, what does OTT stand for for those? OTT that... is over the top. So this is your Apple TV. This is your, um, you know, using an, an external device to access app-based uh, broadcasting. That's right? me. That's how I access all my TV is my Apple TV. I'll tell you, I mean, you're not alone, right? Like, yeah. so, so yeah. this is, and this is all digital. And, you know, when you, um, especially again, during COVID, uh, oh, yeah. when you talk to some of the, the, uh, media buyer side, um, you know, especially the, the agencies that are, that are more agile and, and, you know, on the ground working on this stuff, uh, they moved a lot of their linear television towards, uh, advanced TV because of the fact that it was more flexible. Um, they're able to turn it on, turn it off as needed, that type of thing. Yeah. So, the amount of flexibility that is now being integrated from digital into some of these more traditional um, advertising, like a digital out of home is another great example. 
Um, you know, these are all becoming digitized platforms that are yeah. going to take some of the best of digital combined with their powerhouse capabilities that were traditionally always available. So, okay, so here's the question. And I'm going to jump into audio after this because I'm so excited about that and, and what you're doing with podcast ads because that's a whole nother world. Yeah. Um, okay, explain it. You know the term explain it to me like I'm five. Have you heard that right. term? It's like it's like a subreddit on, you know, it's a subreddit. It's just explain things in a similar way. How do, in Canada, those the, the powers that be track to see how often and how much, like, my parents' house who has cable TV, how do they know how much TV my parents watch? Oh, okay. So you're talking about like a, like a panel, like a like 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 a ratings that type of thing. Yeah, because I get these reports from like Bell and different groups being like, "This is how much TV was watched," or these surveys, and I'm like, "How do you know?" Or how do they know? Like, there's this okay. morning show that my son and I love on radio in the morning, and, mm -hmm. and we listen to it on the way to school. Uh, it's on like a you know the uh, whatever top forty radio station. We have three of them in Vancouver, and, and it's an it's amazing quiz game. We do the quiz game, and then I change it to CBC. Uh, after I drop out, but how, do they know that? Do they have these devices? Do they have like boxes yeah, somewhere? Yeah, it depends on the devices that you're using, right? So, so much like you would look at your phone and you get a report card on on how much uh, time you've spent on your device. Yeah. Um, there's that, and there there's also carrier data, right? So, um, as an example, when you log into an OTT device, right, like a, an over the top uh, device, um, you know, you'll notice that let's at CNN. Yep. Um, you know, in order for you to access that app, they're going to ask you who's your carrier, right? So they do. So I, I got the CBC app. They don't ask about carrier. My CTV, when they, they don't, my global, they don't. They, none of them have ever asked me about my carrier. They've never asked you about your carrier? They, they want me to. This is, they want me to ask for my carrier if I want like enhanced TV, but if I would just want to watch like ones that were on in the last, if I want to, more than what was in the three weeks prior to what I'm watching. So if I want to watch the latest episode of Great British Bake Off, I can mm -hmm. just log into the app and it's there. Uh, but if I so want to watch, logged in, but you've logged in, or right? I've opened it. Sorry, I've opened the app up and it's it's come up. Yeah, but you're that, so so that's kind of what you're. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So so this is this is the use of deterministic data, and we call it deterministic data because yeah. it's a it's a persistent login, yeah. right? So as you've logged in, they are able to uh, they the powers that be are able to measure the session with the with the ID um, and oh, this so is I open the app they connect the app to my Apple ID on my Apple device that's right okay that's and right. then what about my parents who have cable television does like Delta cable and Shaw cable feed that information to those TV mm. folks no not currently so so that is I mean that depends on on household by household but most of the data that comes out of traditional linear TV is still okay. panel based right where it's not actually unless they they have a smart TV Right. No, and so no, they just use regular cable, like yeah. old school, so like keeping it real. Have, yeah. So if it's just a regular cable, yeah. then it's then it's usually the measurement is done through uh, through traditional sort of, you know, the old school panel based. So but that's what's all the, what is the panel base? What is that? So panel base is basically doing, uh, you know, like like, you know, the old school rotation, rotating panels of certain clusters of hundreds of thousands of uh, people who are um, who have either uh, devices yeah. um, that are um, and logs. Right. Like so you're doing diaries in some cases where you're actually logging. Um, you know, what your viewing habits have been over okay. the so, But not my parents. But there's per people like my parents who have volunteered to do it Correct. or paid to and do it. There's samples, right. So okay. there's representative samples that I want to meet one of these people. I want to see this. <laughs> I'm so curious about because I'm like, 
but they're the ones that feed because I get these data reports as an agency and they're like, buy more T, you know, buy more TV ads because everyone's watching TV. But I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how they know this. And I've never gotten a clear answer. Yeah, well, so like I'm going to date myself here, but like, you know, back when telemarketing was still a thing. Yes. Right. Did you ever get a call from somebody who is like, you know, I Ipsus just want to ask you a few questions. It's this read guys, right? Angus Reed did his yeah. thing. And yeah, I want yeah. to ask you some questions. Right. Yeah. And then they start with, are you in marketing? And then you say yes. And then they hang up on you. Yes. Right? Every time. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So that's why you're never going to see one of those devices because you're like, you're too biased and you're too in it. Okay. But I want to find, I want to meet like none of my relatives <laughs> ever had one. None of my friends or family. I'm, I want to track someone down. And then on the radio side though, cause I actually, here's the thing. I actually like the radio in my car. Like I, I also like podcasting, but if I don't have, like, if I'm doing a short drive here in the suburbs, I'll put on the radio. So how do they yeah. know if I'm listening to the radio? That's what I want to know. Well, what kind of radio are you listening? Are you listening to local radio or are you listening like FM or, or AM? Like yeah, both FM and AM. Yeah, both. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, AM 1130 or yeah, same, yeah. Yeah, same deal. It's it's the same, you know, and that's largely still driven by uh, demographic information. But as it becomes more digitized, here's the cool thing about that. But, is staying, that but staying on the traditional though. So is there people that have been given little log books that they have to <laughs> manually fill sure out? How it works. I'm not sure how whether it's different for radio than it is for TV. Right. But I, I will tell you this, though, what's really interesting about the capabilities when you think about it, right? Like, yeah, so yeah. so now we've, you know, 20 years into uh, digital media yeah. um, and you had a lot of the radio stations um, offer online Internet based radio. Oh, right? like they always try to they're always advertising iHeartRadio. But I'm like, why would I download an app that right. advertises to me? When right, but not Spotify. necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's some some massaging that needs to get done there. But like, yes. imagine like you know your favorite radio station, and it's uh, 2007. Mm-hmm. We're back in 2007. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? Like, I wonder if my radio station is available on my laptop. So oh, I'm and, and they totally are. Every website, yeah, their website exactly. would have it live. I would do that sometimes. So, so when you think about that and you look at the data that is now available to those radio stations based on who you are and how yeah. you've logged in and where you've yeah. logged in from, all of that information can become extrapolated and applied which, to. Which is the future is amazing. Like the, like your role and IABC's role in this is, is, is so crucial and so important right now. But I'm just trying to think of like, like kind of like I want to know about your history, like your grandma. I want to know about your grandma before <laughs> Tavote, because it's like what, what you're doing right now is so crucial and so important. But I was like, I'm curious to know, like there's still people like like that your you know peers mm-hmm. are still sending out information. But I want to know how they're doing it, and and so it sounds like it's still pretty manual, like little log books, pieces of paper. Yeah, but it's it's changing, right? Like so, and you know that's changing because things are becoming obsolete, and we're you know, and we're all sort of upgrading. Um, we want lighter stuff. We want we don't want um, you know albums of CDs anymore. We want to you know we want to have um, things stored in our in our hard drives or or uh, on a cloud, right? Like so, as things become yeah. sort of you know cloud based. Uh, that's just the way that's, you know, the way that the world is moving. But at the same time, like there's so many people like my parents that will never get rid of their cable TV and and they don't want, like, I was like trying to get them to adopt an Apple TV and like, there's no way they're going to change. And our client, like Lazy Boy Furniture, they market to this demographic that loves cable television, right? Right. And and will listen to the radio in the car. So I'm just like, that's why I'm just curious about that. Well, look at Warren Buffett, look at Warren Buffett with his flip phone, right? 
Like I, I envy the guy, right? Like, I mean, you know, he seems pretty happy to me. (laughs) Okay. So what, okay. One goal from this, Sonia is you or I, we need to figure out, I'm going to find out like what that booklet looks like for TV tracking and what the radio tracker machine looks like. Like, and is it a machine? Is it on, is it on my radio or not? Let's find one. Right. Yes. Right. It must, it must exist if that's the model. I definitely want to do, okay. and then and then we do a fireside chat with the individual okay. yes. who has it in his yes. possession or her possession. Okay, yeah. Be- yeah. because and this is the reason I'm yeah. I'm so excited about that history is that we're living in a time now with podcasts. So we've had a podcast for the last five years, and most people are like, it's kind of like when they someone told me once, it's like when they introduced the radio, right, and said, oh yeah, there's a lot of people listening to it. It's like, well, how do we know? Uh, and the podcast, I know how many people listen to it. Actually, it's embarrassing. I know sometimes what episodes don't get listened to very much or which, or when they drop off when they listen, right? So it's pretty intense, the data we get. But um, I'm curious, how are you monitoring and helping hold podcasts accountable in this new era where all these brands like ND and Squarespace uh, are trying to advertise on podcasts at the moment? And is that a form of uh, interactive advertising? Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, audio advertising is is you know sits squarely on on the digital advertising offering right now, and and you know what makes it particularly exciting is the fact that there's such a long tail of contextual advertising that's available through podcasting, because you can get so hyper specific on different topic areas, um, yeah. and and all of the amazing data that's available, you know, uh, you know through n- traditional digital means is now. Yeah. Apply, applied to you know the the podcast world right like to yeah. right down to the the episode to the the content that's that's being discussed so yeah. so yeah I think that that um, audio is and also just you know the theater of the mind right uh, the ability yeah. to play with the theater of the mind and context in such a beautiful elegant way is just yeah. um, I'm so excited about audio advertising and you know there's players uh, some of our members you know Triton Digital as an example you know are uh, working on uh, how to monetize in a responsible way um, and creating you know the drop-in sort of insertions where you can do uh, advertising units um, and then there's also the more traditional means that you're you know obviously familiar with that are you know sub- sponsored um much like a, a an old sort of dj model where yeah, you're host host yeah, red yeah exactly and and you know and there's there's also thank you. This, this show is brought to you by insight magazine thank you canada post thank you for sponsoring our show <laughs> where can i get my own copy right so so yes it's very effective and yeah. uh, and you know and you're able to to take on the personality of the of the actual um you know the host and the environment which is a, a form of i think uh, like a, a quite sophisticated uh, influencer advertising, um, you know, in, in, in the way that, uh, that, you know, you can, you can measure by audiences. I think that there's also less gaming of the system available because the, uh, level of engagement it's there for all to see, um, you know, it's, it's, it's either been listened to or, or it hasn't right. The ad unit, you know, from a, from an audio, from a programmatic standpoint, like the automated version of this, which which we do not do. We we get pitched this all the time because we have to switch our hosts to a, a, a compliant host, which do you know much about the, the compliant hosts now? They're trying to say, unless you're with this type of host that manages your listenership, they won't sell ads for you that where they draw, insert the ads in the you know, pre-roll, mid-roll, end-roll, and they would yeah. automate it. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's audience based, right? Like, so, and that's kind of, you know, that might, you might see that changing, right? Because everybody's after scale, 
And um, and after different sort of, you know, uh, you know, unless you're running a network that has scale on mass. Yes. yes, um, yes. You know, if you remember um, the way blogs took off. Yeah. It was it was like network based. Right. It was yeah. like, oh, this is easy. This is yeah. like a Google product that I can just sort of like, you know, blog dot com or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and everybody gets access. Well, then lo and behold, you have the, the you know, we didn't know it at the time, but that was the GDN in the making. Right. So that was kind of like, okay, well, this is a network approach to delivering content on a scale, mass scale um, by individuals. Well, I remember it was called Ads at the time when you would create a blogger account. Yeah. Like it, it, that, that was your, I, and so I, I had a blog up on blogger.com, yeah, which me too. is Google's blog platform. And, and, and they would give me AdSense credit depending on how many visitors came to my site if I put up some AdSense display pieces. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, and that was the network effect. And so that's where, you know, the podcasts are, are kind of following a similar trajectory, um, you know, probably having learned a lot from, um, you know, the do's and don'ts of the blog, the blogosphere yes. or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, and and sort of, you know, taking the best and leaving the rest, right? So um, so I think that there's there's a lot of opportunity still that's untapped on the on the, uh, the podcasting side and the monetization and the, the networking effect of it. Um, but some of the bigger players, like uh, like you know Spotify, like some of the the the, the platforms are just doing outrageously um, innovative stuff, yeah. right? Like really yeah. cool. Yeah, Spotify bought the my the host that I'm on, so I'm on Anchor.fm, and, mm-hmm. and Spotify bought it because they're like, we wanna we wanna host, uh, and it's amazing how uh, Anchor is free, and every time you upload your podcast to it, it goes to all eleven podcast channels, the majors. It's fantastic. Um, so. So what is IABC's, going back to IAB, IAB's role in that world? What are you guys doing for like helping advertisers or helping people that have podcasts to manage the ads? Well, again, um, you know, as uh, as evidenced by the event that the two day event that we're doing next or yeah, this coming week, um, you know, we're educating, we're talking to people about how it works. Uh, yeah. We're talking to people about the standard ad units that are available. We're um, trying to ensure that we don't sort of, you know, uh, you know, every time there's a new medium, it's kind yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie The Gods Must Be Crazy? Yes. Oh, I love that movie. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. like it's it's like every new medium is like the Coke yeah. bottle, right? Yes. Oh, totally. That, and yeah, that's why I like to look at our history because so is there a standard ad unit for podcasts right now? That you there guys are have standard ad units. Yeah. So there are standard ad units that are available um, and, uh, and, and they, there's also the reason why there have to be standards yes. for uh, several reasons, right? Like, so there's, there's security, there's measurement, yes. there's, uh, there's compliance. So you yes. have to make sure that there's no malware. Um, so there's, there's all sorts of, um, different, uh, different standards that are available. And then also for frictionless buying, if you're going to buy it over a programmatic network, then you're going to want to make sure that you know what the unit sizes are and all that yes. sort of stuff. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but just recently, actually, like um, something's been going on with my OTT where the quality of the ads is completely different from the quality of the actual streaming. Right. So you'll get like the streaming of whatever show you're watching and then all of a sudden an ad will come on and the volume level is like 17 times higher. uh, Or it's the same ad four times in a row. And it's so annoying. I actually want like CTV. We were watching The Amazing Race Canada. And because we hadn't logged in, it was just we just downloaded the app on our Apple TV and they kept playing the same ads. And I eventually just got annoyed by the company that was advertising. And I was like, screw it. We bought it on iTunes. 
We bought the season and we're like, I do not like I was happy to support CDB and let's watch their ads and be one of their, you know, data points. But we were like, we can't handle it. That's why we need standards. So you've you've okay. basically you've experienced like the firsthand why it is that we actually, you know, put these things in place so that because nobody wants that. And the more that that happens, the less likely you are to monetize and um, the more likely you're you're going to see people that are kind of falling away from your like right now I'm watching English programming um, on an app on my OTT and I'm getting French ads. Oh, right? no. So, so, so like, do you, who, who, who do you complain to or who do you tell? Like, I've told guys, like, I told a guy at Bell one time, I was like, dude, you got to know this about your ad placements. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we should fix that one day. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. he goes, so you get, and I was like, no, dude, I, I was like, I left your platform because it was so annoying. Yeah. So one of the things that the IAB is really good at is community. So while we have 250 sort of organization members, we have tens of thousands of people that are attached to that, right? So, and we have a very robust ad ops community that communicates with one another. And you'll see that they also communicate on Facebook. So the one of the things that we've always done uh, at IDB is that if you see something, say something, yeah. you go to our network and then the ad ops people are like, who manages, uh, you know, X brand? Yep. And then and then that person is informed and then they quickly make the change so that the client doesn't have to, you know, cool. endure, um, you know, a, a prolonged sort of, you know, you know, mess up on their media yeah. buy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and there's various players to answer your question. There's there's various various people that would be responsible for that. Yeah, right. Whether okay. it's the broadcaster, um, yeah. whether it's a, some sort of a, a third party, whether it's the agency that yeah. misplaced the ad. Right. So, so it all boils down to the ad operations individual that was responsible for actually like putting the ad onto the airwave. Oh. Right. Um, so many amazing things. I, I, I love this discussion. I, I need to know you personally, what are some like books, uh, e-newsletters, podcasts, kind of um, where do you go for inspiration and ideas? Personally. So, you know what, uh, you know, like I, uh, I actually try to stay, like I minimize my exposure yeah. to social media, yes. which is yes. which is something that I think, you know, it's my like more intense recently, just because yeah. I think that there's just so much going on and, yeah. uh, and we have to focus on, um, you know, on, on, on progress. And, and I'm also, um, I'm a yoga teacher and a, men, uh, a, a meditation teacher oh, on the side. Incredible. So, yeah, so I, I spend a lot of time reading like, you know, crazy stuff, like not crazy, but like just, yeah. you know, studying Upanishads and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but the books that I'm like, I'm more drawn to now are, yeah. you know, from a from a more sort of grounded business uh, perspective are things that are, um, you know, to do with like the economy. Like I'm, I'm reading things yeah. like um, the Donut Economics which I think is a super important uh, book. And, and um, also uh, I'm fascinated by biomimicry, which is like, uh, you know, using 3 billion years of, of you know, of science and, and, and biology uh, to, uh, to leverage that into innovation and technology, Amazing. right? Like, and watching animals like the shark's paintbrush, which yeah. is like, such a great um, book and uh, atomic habits so yep. like just That's really uh, like really important um sort of you know books that inspire you to think differently yep. about things so that That's you're awesome. not sort of being echo chambered into uh this polar like you know programmatic bad good privacy good bad yeah. like yeah. So, yeah so i think it's really important 
to um, to take a step back once in a while and and to just of course stay informed and and yeah. go and, and be in touch with the industry. But um, really important to feed your feed your sort of you know your intuitive senses and and you know and make sure that you're uh, you're on a diet uh, like a proper media diet, a balanced yeah. diet. Yeah, like <laughs> I like that. I'm trying to pull this up. I, I I'm looking at my meditation the the calm app. I love. There's one called Soul Time. I've got Abide. Awesome. And then praise you go. Yeah, praise you go is one I really like doing in the morning. So um, uh, again, it kind of seems uh, counterintuitive to, to have an app to help you meditate. But I, I'm really thankful for some of these apps that are just getting people to kind of, you know, dip their toe in the meditation world. Even just the intention of having downloaded it. Yes. Goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those miles, right? Like, so, you know, taking time for yourself and, and uh, you know, I've been spending a lot more time outside as well. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the, the blessings of, of the, you know, social distancing have allowed us to maybe um, reflect a little bit more and, and spend some time, you know, I like to, to get out into the forest and, you know, just kind of hang around, yeah. hang out. Cool. So, um so yeah, and and you know, and then in terms of of staying up to date with the industry, I'm blessed with a, a you know an organization that allows me to speak to people literally you know ten hours or eleven hours a day, wow. uh, just about you know the latest innovations of what's happening. Um, yeah. So so that combination works well, where you can just sort of you know like in yoga. You know, you turn it on and then you turn it off and you, yep. you digest and you kind of think about the, the information you've been given and, and kind of go from there. Um, Amazing. You know, helps with a perspective on the future as well and for you to keep positive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, I think uh, really this needs a, a part two. Uh, this has been fascinating. And, and we have some homework to do. You and I, we're going to find those people yes. that are radio and TV trackers. We're, yes. uh, I'm going to check out this Maple, Maple Network because this sounds amazing. And even us, we do a lot of uh, media buying and advertising in traditional media. So maybe that can become a really efficient tool for us. Yeah. A- and lastly, those that want to become members, um, go to IEB Canada. It's amazing. Uh, depending on the size of your organization, how many staff you have, that sort of thing, kind of revenue, that's your membership fees for the year. Two things are happening. One, you're supporting an amazing organization who's doing a ton of work with our government, uh, with policy, with education, and you get incredible member-only insights, member-only exclusives. And I think this is a great investment for anyone who is doing anything to do with uh, online advertising. So, Sonia, thank you for being on thank the show. You. Thank you very much, Darian. This has been a lot of fun. Namaste. Namaste. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for coming this week to Marketing Jam, and we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.